At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. The sad news in Major League Baseball came down on a Tuesday after the deadline to come to an agreement was pushed back. The deadline has passed and Major League Baseball has canceled opening day. Uh, the commissioner announcing that the first two series for each team has been canceled. Uh, so that means that the schedule will go from 162 games to 156 at the most. And a total of 91 games have now been erased from the schedule. And if there's no agreement done, I guess, in the next week or so, well, more games will be missed. And I don't think fans are would be too upset if we um, start up. If we get this thing done soon and there's a 156-game schedule, fans aren't going to feel it. It's not going to be like, all right, well, we we had 162, now we got 156. I think fans are okay with that. I think fans are okay if we get 146 or 136, whatever it has to be. I think fans will be okay with it. The Major League Baseball season we know is long anyway. It's a marathon. So cutting, you know, 10 games or so, 15 games from each team, I think it'll be okay. But... If it goes further than that, now this thing becomes scary, honestly. It's the first time in 27 years that regular season games have been scrapped over a labor dispute. Think about that. And will we see more games get pushed back? Will we see a huge chunk of the season be missed? And how is this going to affect the teams once the season does start? I keep bringing up the COVID-shortened year of last season because when Major League Baseball finally opened up training camps, these teams only had three weeks to get ready. And there were players and coaches and, and analysts saying that there was just not enough time. 
not enough time at all to get ready. And so I don't know if there's going to be a rush to start the season. I don't think there should be a rush to start the season. I I would like them to come to an agreement. I don't want to see more games being missed, but let's say they come to an agreement this week. I don't want to see now a mad rush to start the season first week in April and say, okay, hey, we were supposed to have opening day on March 31st, but now let's uh, pick up, pick it up, let's open up camps, let's get these players in there, and we're going to start the season uh, first week in April or so. And we're only going to miss these first two series that we have canceled. No, I don't want to see that. I'd rather see them cancel more games and give the players more time in camp to prepare. So if you open up camp here, second week of March. All right, I would like them to have a full month and maybe start the season towards the end of April. If it means going to 140-somewhat games, so be it. You're going to get a better product at the beginning than you would if you rush these players to get ready in a matter of three weeks just so you can start the season and get as many games in as possible. And listen, the players, they're losing money too. Everyone's losing money with missed games. I was reading uh, a stat here. Players lose $20.5 million in salary for each day that the season is canceled. Each team would lose money as well. Players on the union's subcommittee will lose the most money. Max Scherzer is forfeiting $233,000 for every day of the regular season that's lost. Garrett Cole will will forfeit $194,000 for every day that is lost. Crazy money. Then again, when you think about the millions that these guys are getting paid, and, and you wonder, it's like, wow, I mean, how many, how much, all the money that they make per day or per game in Major League Baseball is just absurd. And that's why the fans don't like this stuff, because it's, it's billionaires arguing with millionaires. But if they can save the season, save the bulk of it, fans will be all right, 140-somewhat games, let's get this thing started. I'm upset because we should be betting on some spring training games and gearing up and doing our homework and getting ready for opening day and really using this month as our our time to study and evaluate these teams and put our futures bets in and think about who we're going to be fading and who we're going to be riding this entire season. And we're not doing that right now. So I hope we get a chance to do that sooner rather than later. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We got uh, interesting college basketball games coming up as the conference tournaments uh, in the smaller conferences are underway. The bigger conferences will get underway next week. Uh, Coming up here on Wednesday, just four games with top 25 teams in action. Number 25, Alabama, is a 10-point favorite at home against Texas A&M. Number 18, UConn, laying four on the road at Creighton. Number 5, Auburn, a a 3.5-point favorite at Mississippi State. Number 14, Arkansas, a a 5.5-point favorite at home to LSU. I was looking at the... um, Auburn game as one that I would kind of highlight. And uh, I think the same mentality for me applies 
with Auburn as it applied to the other teams that suffered their losses and the bounce back spots for them. For instance, uh, I was all over Arizona because I thought that they would bounce back from that loss and take it out on USC, and they did. Same thing, uh, Kentucky. I thought they would, um, you know, do well. Um, I fa- I was on Michigan over Michigan State because I was really fading Michigan State off of that big win over the weekend, and I think Auburn kind of slides into this category. I think this is a good by low spot for Auburn. Line's only three and a half. They're going to bounce back here. This is a bounce back spot for Auburn. They're much better than what they've shown over the past three games or so, right? Uh, now, last time, uh, they, don't think they played Mississippi State. So it's the first time they're playing them, the only time they're playing them this season. But Mississippi State is a team that is 8-8 eight and eight in the conference, 17-12 and 12 overall. And Auburn looking to wrap up the SEC regular season, 13-3 and three record right now. They have two games left at Mississippi State and home against South Carolina. Kentucky, meanwhile, is 13-4, and four, and they have one game left, and that is at Florida. I think this is a buy-low spot for Auburn. I will be on the Tigers here on Wednesday. As far as your conference tournament games, that we will have here on Wednesday. Again, some of the smaller conferences, the mid-majors, are underway. Uh, We have day games. Yes, day games. At 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Radford is uh, taking on North Carolina A&T in the Big South Tournament. Radford, a two-point favorite. Also in the Big South Tournament, UNC Asheville, laying 10 against Charleston Southern. You got the uh, Hampton against High Point, uh, and you got uh, how, uh, High Point is a six-point favorite in that one. NEC Conference action, Bryant, who should run away with this conference, is a 16-point favorite against Central Connecticut. Keep in mind, those games and most of these games in the small conferences being played uh, in, in the home gyms of these the higher seats. So NEC Conference Tournament, Bryant's going to roll through and win this thing. Bryant to win the conference tournament there in the NEC is plus 115. They will roll through this tournament. Wagner is the second best team in that conference. Wagner is hosting St. Francis of PA. They are 12-point favorites. LIU hosts Sacred Heart. LIU is a 9-point favorite. And Mount St. Mary's hosts St. Francis of Brooklyn. And Mount St. Mary's is a six-point favorite. So uh, other conferences, the Ohio Valley uh, first-round action. Tennessee State, three-point favorites over SIU Edwardsville. And uh, Campbell, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Presbyterian. Um, Oh, no, that's in the Big South, the Campbell-Presbyterian game. Um, Neutral site uh, on North Carolina there. Uh, let's see um, other conference tournaments. We got Ohio Valley action, Austin P, and Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech is a one and a half point favorite. So that is your conference tournament action 
for Wednesday, and it'll heat up as we progress throughout the remainder of this week and the weekend with the major conferences getting going uh, next week, and we can't wait for that. The odds right now that are available up on DraftKings for conference tournament winners, Bryant, your favorite in the Northeast, Murray State, your favorite in the Ohio Valley, Texas State, your favorite in the Sun Belt, Cleveland State, the favorite in the Horizon, Colgate in the Patriot, Gonzaga, of course, in the West Coast, Loyola in the Missouri Valley, South Dakota State in the Summit, and San Diego State in the Mountain West. We'll continue the College Hoops conversation coming up next. Our very own Matt Humans will join me here, Senior Editor, Point Spread Weekly, vcin.com, host of The Edge here on vcin. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over on their end against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joined now by senior editor for VSIN.com, Point Spread Weekly, host of The Edge. Catch him on long shots. He's just all over the network. He is Matt Humans, one of a kind, joining me here on the program. And, and Matt, let's start college hoops. Uh, after the bloody Saturday that we saw, what can we take away from that to kind of look forward into these games for the remainder of the regular season for those teams? Yeah, the regular season's almost over for most of these teams. That's a good question. That's what uh, I wrote about my column on Point Spread Weekly this week. I, I think what uh, most betters should take away from it is you got to be careful playing road favorites in college basketball. It's the ultimate home court or home advantage sport, and uh, nothing else is even really close, maybe college football is somewhat in the, in the same neighborhood. But if you think about professional sports, nothing has a home edge like college hoops. And uh, that was evident Saturday when the top six teams in the poll go down all on the road. Mm. And uh, Texas Tech also in the top 10 went down on the road. 
And I've always, you know, a lot of times I think public betters fall into that trap. You don't, professionals don't really that much because uh, I think if you're a pro, you, you kind of uh, condition yourself to uh, look at underdogs more often than not. But a lot of a lot of public betters always think, well, the better teams laying fewer points on the road, and they they kind of fall into that trap to think uh, that's the way to play it. And I've always said you got to try to avoid road favorites in college hoops as much as possible. And I think Saturday should have been a good reminder to a lot of people in that. Uh, when I bet college basketball, a lot of times I'm playing dogs. I'm playing home dogs, especially. I had one tonight in Wisconsin, plus three against Purdue. And I think um, that's where you should train yourself to look first uh, when you're betting on uh, college basketball. Another thing I'd take away from it is there was a team in the top ten that was on the road Saturday and won, and that was Duke playing seven and a half at Syracuse. And I've also said this for the last couple months, Duke is as good or better than Gonzaga, Arizona, any of these other teams in the top five, just not getting the same respect in the polls or maybe on the Ken Palm uh, .com ratings. Duke right now is number five on Ken Palm. It was in the bottom half of the top 10 last week, I think number seven or number eight, something like that. I've had Duke in the top three of my power ratings of the entire season. I don't really understand. And we saw Gonzaga sleepwalking and um, getting its butt kicked at St. Mary's on Saturday. I think when I talked to you uh, last week or the week before, or it might have been on a different show, I said a lot of people don't realize before this road trip last week to uh, Saint San Francisco and St. Mary's, Gonzaga had played only four true road games the yep. entire season. Yep. And these were true road games number five and number six. And what happened to number six? The, the Zags got their butt kicked against the St. Mary's team that's Good, but nothing special. Randy Bennett's a heck of a coach, and he had a great game plan to to slow the pace and uh, really frustrate Gonzaga offensively. But uh, that's another thing is I don't really understand after Gonzaga lost to Duke on a neutral in Vegas as an eight-point favorite in November, lost to Alabama on on a semi-neutral in Seattle in early December, why so many people just accepted it as fact that Gonzaga was the favorite to win the title and the number one team. What have the Zags done in the last two and a half months to deserve that status? In my mind, nothing, because they've been beating a lot of weak teams in the West Coast Conference, uh, while all these major conference teams, whether it be Auburn, Kansas, Purdue, whatever, are taking some losses on the road, playing a much more difficult schedule, and that's just the way the top 25 works, and that's the way a lot of people's minds work. Well, if they take a loss, they must not be that good. Gonzaga would be taking a lot more losses if they played a tougher major conference schedule. Imagine Gonzaga trying to play an SEC, Big 12, or Big 10 type of schedule. And I'm not, I'm not ripping the Zags because I still have them rated as a top five team. They're playing a schedule they've got in a conference they have to play in. But to me, it creates a lot of value in the futures market too when you have what I call a phony favorite in Gonzaga that's plus 350, which I think is absurd. And then you got teams like Duke that are 12 to one. Or you got Kansas of 15 to one. I really don't like the Kansas team. That much more I watch him. You got UCLA at twenty-two to one. Are you really going to tell me that the Zags should be plus three fifty? I'm going to say no way. Uh, so I think there's a lot of things you can take away from what happened last Saturday. Oh, I would agree with all of that, and especially Duke at twelve to one is something that uh, I like because I think there's potential for them uh, to climb up the seedings here. Especially they run through the the ACC tournament, come away with an ACC tournament championship, and they could creep up and maybe find themselves on the two line, Matt. 
Yeah, no question. And um, I think it's going to be hard to make an argument for Duke on the one line because the ACC just not strong enough, even if, you know, the Blue Devils blow out North Carolina and uh, roll through the ACC tournament, which I think they will. Uh, I bet Duke at minus 125 to win the ACC tournament. Um, the, the strength of scheduling conference just probably isn't there to get Duke on the one line, but we, you know this, I know it, and I think everybody knows it, that the, the NCAA selection committee is going to roll out the red carpet for the Blue Devils. They're going to get a good draw on selection Sunday, March 13th, and you can bet on that. They're not going to get, as Vince and Vinny said in uh, my column this week, that we know Duke is not going to be put in a bracket of death. <laughs> in the NCAA tournament, right? So that's another thing you have to keep in mind when you're betting these uh, futures. And I think this is a special case with uh, Coach K. Duke has always got preferential treatment from the committee, whether it's playing in the backyard in North Carolina, close to home or whatever. Uh, I was joking last week. I said, I think the committee met secretly and talked through the option of advancing Duke straight to the final four with a buy because that's what they want. Um, <laughs> you know, the TV networks, everybody wants Duke because coach K is the top story. You know, they want Duke in the final four. I think Duke's going to get a favorable draw. That said, I have a lot of respect for the Duke team. I think they were, uh, it's a really tough, it's a, it's a tougher team than coach K's had in recent years, physically mature guys like Trevor Keels. And uh, really they're big on the front line. Three point shooting is a little bit suspect, but, I think Duke's got everything everything it takes to win a national title, and I said that in November, and that was when Duke was an eight eight and a half point underdog to Gonzaga on a neutral, and won that game eighty four to eighty one in Vegas. Yep. So, there's a lot of things to think about there when you look at this, and really, if you go through it, fifteen twenty, there might be as many as twenty five teams that can make the Final Four, and it's it's usually hyperbole to say it's a wide open tournament, Scott, but I think this is. Uh, Somewhat of a wide-open tournament. Well, uh, speaking of the luck of the draw, I- I've been driving the bus here for Villanova going to the Final Four because mm-hmm. if you look at J- uh, Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, man, he has them as the three seed in the East, and that would mean playing their first two games in Pittsburgh, but then the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center where they play some home games. That has yeah. to account for something. Yeah, and I like this Villanova team more. the more I watch as well. I've always been a big Colin Gillespie fan. I think you got to have veteran guards, gutsy guards like him to win in the NCAA and tournament. And free throw shooting. Uh, They're the best in the country. Yeah, oh, yeah. Free throw shooting huge. I mean, if you watch the Purdue-Wisconsin game tonight, Purdue missed nine free throws, 11 for 20 from the line. You can't do that and win on the road or in neutral courts uh, like you're going to get to in the tournament. So. Yeah, I think Villanova's especially live, and uh, you can give Villanova a pretty good price right now. I think uh, I saw last night uh, 20, plus 25, 25, 25 to one. one. Yep. Yeah, twenty-five to one. Yep. Yeah, that would be one to take a look at. Uh, you mentioned the road favorites. You don't like it. Auburn's in an interesting spot at Mississippi State mm-hmm. here on Wednesday because they're also looking to bounce back from the loss. So, where would you lean here in this game? Yeah, I was looking at a few games on tomorrow's card, and I actually. Uh, I think Auburn's going to be a popular play with the public. And I really don't disagree with that one because I don't like this Mississippi state team that much. Uh, so if you can lay three with Auburn, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I'm not going to play it. Uh, Cause I, I just talked about not playing road favorites, yeah, yep. but I think Auburn, it'd probably be Auburn or pass for most people. If you look at that to me tonight with uh, Arizona USC, I didn't really want to lay the four, four and a half with uh, Arizona that was out there, but I don't like this USC team. I definitely was not playing the dog. 
it's kind of a similar case for me tomorrow with Auburn, Mississippi State. I really don't like this Mississippi State team, so it's not a dog I'm looking to play. I was hoping, uh, Scott, that UNLV would be a home dog to Wyoming. It's bottom game on the rotation tomorrow night, 721-722. Uh, Wyoming just played a big game in Laramie Monday night against San Diego State and came up short. You got a quick turnaround. You got to hit the road to Vegas and play Wednesday against the UNLV team in its uh, final home game. I like the Rebels here, and uh, I'm going to play the Rebels at a cheap money line price or minus one if that pops up so you can put me down for UNLV minus one over Wyoming tomorrow night. I like it. I like it a lot. UNLV possibly dark horse candidate to win that conference tournament. Matt, hang around. Uh, we got to get into the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I got to get your golf picks coming up next, all right? He's uh, Matt Humans. You, you check him out. He's our senior editor at VSIN Point Spread Weekly and, of course, host of The Edge here on the network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC Chicken Sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC Chicken Sandwich today. Scott Sadenberg, oh, it looks so good. Back here on the look ahead <laughs> as we're joined by Matt Humans, our senior editor at VSIN. Uh, you are one. Uh, who is an aficionado, as they would say, when it comes to all the fast food uh, here and all over the country, Matt. The KFC chicken sandwich, are you in? Are you out? Have you tried it? What, what's the situation here? I'm in. i got a KFC one block from my house. I go there about <laughs> three or four times a week. In uh, my 2021 fast food top 50 power rankings, KFC came in at number 20. Uh, I think, uh, you know, in 2022, if I do those, KFC will probably jump up the chart a couple, uh, at least a few spots. Uh, I think um, KFC with the chicken sandwich has done a pretty good job. It's like a chicken sandwich war out there, Scott, in the fast food arena. Everybody's trying to come up with uh, the best chicken sandwich, and I think KFC did a pretty good job. But I, I had KFC at number 20 overall in the top 50. And uh, that, that was actually kind of before the, the chicken sandwich there became a big thing. Who who won the chicken sandwich war, in your opinion? Well, I think uh, Chick-fil-A wins it. Okay. Uh, the Chick-fil-A spicy spicy chicken uh, sandwich at Chick-fil-A is the best. And they're, they're, here's the thing. When, you, when you're talking about spicy chicken sandwiches, I like the ones where they bake the spices into the sandwich and not just slap some spicy sauce on top of it. There's a big difference, right? So uh, the Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich, you got the uh, spicy seasons in the sandwich, and that thing's awfully tough to beat. So uh, that's what separates, Scott, the uh, the chicken sandwiches. What about for a non-spicy guy like myself? See, I don't like spicy chicken. <laughs> I'm good with well, regular fried chicken, but I'm not spicy. <laughs> you have the option just to get a... Uh, an original chicken sandwich. You don't have to get spicy. Well, I've done that. KFC, I've done that, but it's just you know, it's just it's 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 it is what it is. You know, 
can't answer that because I like spicy chicken sandwiches, so I don't get the normal chicken sandwiches. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, in fact, I, I swung through the Wendy's drive-thru today for the spicy chicken sandwich. They got a pretty good one. I like the, uh, yeah, Wendy's. I've, I've had the Wendy's chicken yeah. sandwich a bunch of times. The, uh, the Asiago Ranch is where I go. That's my. That's what I do when I go there. All right. Well, let's talk about. Uh, well, cause I'm getting starving now. So uh, let's. Go, I'm starving for winners here, Matt. Let's talk about the uh-huh. Arnold Palmer Invitational. You guys, uh, it's you, Brady West. You guys have been on fire when it comes to your golf picks. So we have to talk about the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Bay uh, Bay Hill and, and what can we expect here this weekend. Yeah, the uh, I said this last week before the Honda Classic that um, every year. You know, I, I get hot on the West Coast swing, Hawaii, California, Arizona, hit a few winners this year, um, does especially well. And then when the uh, Florida swing hits, I, I cool off. So I always say handicap to handicapper. <laughs> and so you want to follow somebody at what they do best, not what they're average at or, uh, you know, maybe below average. And I consider myself a below average golf handicapper when we get to the Florida swing. So keep that in mind. Uh, People have been asking me for golf picks the last two weeks. They think you're going to win every week. And I say, look, this is not my strength, the Florida swing, okay? I just don't hit a lot of winners here. I'll probably hit one at some point in Florida. But I I don't know where. I don't have a ton of confidence on these tournaments. I just do so much better at handicapping the West Coast tournaments. So uh, Wes Reynolds and I landed on two common players uh, today when we were doing the long shots uh, podcast. And he and I both have Will Zalatoris, Scotty. We're going to stick with Willie Z at 25-1. to Uh, He's the uh, tour leader in strokes gained tee to green. And obviously that's an important stat every week, but it's going to be really important this week as well. Driving distance, driving accuracy is going to be a big emphasis here. And uh, last year's Alatoris in his debut at Bay Hill was three under tied for 10th. And that was with a week fourth round. So he was really playing some good golf through Saturday. I don't like to play guys who are on this course for the first time. And John Rahm, believe it or not, is making his tournament debut here. Wow. And he's the favorite at 9-1. to one. So I think that's a cautionary um, tale a little bit there with uh, with Rahm is be careful if you like the favorite here because he has not played this course in competition at Bay Hill. It's kind of hard to believe he's been around, you know, six years or so, and this is his first uh, go-around at Bay Hill in the Arnold Palmer. But he's the favorite over Rory. And uh, Victor Hovland's the third choice. I'm going to go down the board a little bit to Zalatoris. I think you can make a pretty good case for Hideki Matsuyama this week, but it's not one of my plays. I went deeper with uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who finished second. And he's got two other top tens here since 2019. Mark Leishman, who's got a win and a runner-up here since 2017. Uh, Keith Mitchell, who's got two top six finishes here. And is an impressive recent form. And you can get uh, Fitzpatrick at about 30 to 1, Leishman at about 35, and Mitchell uh, right around 38 or 40 to 1, depending on where you look. This is going to be a tough course this week. It's not going to be a birdie fest. And um, I think that's a good thing. Uh, one other guy I was looking at, and um, he was right in the run, he was in the running at the Genesis two weeks ago. And I was looking at the Circuit app tonight, and I put a small play in on him. Uh, Cameron Young, and uh, Cameron Young was bombing it off the tee in L.A. You probably remember Riviera two mm-hmm. weeks ago. And last week, it was kind of a, you know, a flat spot for him after he uh, came up short in that tournament. But uh, Cameron Young, a former Wake Forest player, 
who um, his game should fit this course perfectly. And he's at, at right now 62 to one at circus. So that's a play I just added here in the last uh, couple hours. He's, but Wes Reynolds and I are both on Zalatoris and Mitchell. Will Zalatoris and Keith Mitchell was our, our two common players. Cam Young on DraftKings right now is plus 8,000. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> that is wild. 80 to 1? I mean, that's, that's a number. That's a Grab great it if you, number. Grab it if you can. Yeah. We, uh, we can't bet DraftKings in Nevada right now. So. No, no, we cannot. But certainly, <laughs> shop, certainly shop around and uh, right. and and find uh, and, and find that number. Um, where where else are you going to be looking here this weekend? Do you bet a lot of NASCAR? We have the the race here in Vegas. Yeah, Scott, I can't hear you. Uh, uh, the phone just broke up. No, I'm joking. I'm not betting any NASCAR this week. I, I know guys who are very sharp in NASCAR and who do really well at it, but, you know, they follow that like uh, Wes, Brady, and I follow golf. And so they, they know all the trends, the guys who run well on certain tracks, and uh, they can find the matchups or the right futures plays. I don't follow that stuff. I, to me, it just looks very random with uh, the wrecks and the, 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 yeah. all the you have. And uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, I was saying I bet I I bet the Daytona 500 just for fun, right? Because I don't do any NASCAR betting either. But it was the Daytona 500, so I figured why not? And uh, I, I had um, you know I think it was Kyle Larson who was right there in the top five, and then the wreck at the end just took everybody out. And I was like, wait a minute. It's over. Like my, my guy's not in the race anymore. <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. I know. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the winner of the race turned out the winner of the Daytona race is not uh, not a driver. I heard one person give out on a play that entire week. Nope. Right? So, I mean, you're going to get some long shot random winners in golf tournaments as well. But it seems to me the uh, the <laughs> the NASCAR betting is just a little bit more random than uh, anything else. Any you know, we'll say. What's that? Any early feel on the Masters? Yeah, I've got two Masters plays in, and um, I was trying to get ahead of the market on these guys because I thought that I thought there was going to be action coming in on both of them. And um, one was uh, Cameron Smith when he won in Maui. I, I jumped on and bet him at forty-one to one. Cameron Smith's got a pretty good history at Augusta, by the way, which is what you're going to look for. Not just guys who got good current form, but guys who have good course form at Augusta. You definitely don't want to bet a guy who's playing Augusta for the first time. I yeah. just talked about John Rahm playing Bay Hill, <laughs> Bay Hill in competition for the first time. You don't want to play first timers at Augusta. Um, but Cameron Smith's got a pretty good history there in a forty-one to one when he when he was lights out and the, the tournament opened twenty twenty-two in Maui. I knew that number was not going to hold up, so I took him a forty-one to one and Will Zalatoris. At forty to one, uh, Zalatoris is going to be one of those guys. I, th- I think I'm just going to keep betting him until he wins. You yeah. know, I said that about Scotty Scheffler when this season started. Unfortunately, Scheffler, we we got in the win column in uh, Phoenix uh, a couple of weeks ago. Zalatoris is too talented. I know he's he's got some problems with the putter, and uh, we saw that at Torrey Pines on the last hole. Um, he's got he's got to get better with the putter, but the guy is just too talented from tee to green not to win, and he's going to win soon. He's going to cash a ticket, Scott, and hopefully it's this week in the Arnold Palmer. Yep, hopefully so, because we'll be on it as well. Matt, appreciate the time as always, and chicken sandwiches on me next time. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> I know you. Uh, I know you will. Okay. <laughs> See ya.
There he is, Matt Newman, our senior editor of Point Spread Weekly. Make sure you catch that. And, of course, host of The Edge here on the network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll take a look at the hockey and basketball schedule for Wednesday night and give out some winners coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team conference and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today and get the betting guide, plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the schedules in both college basketball, the NBA, and... On the ice in the NHL for Wednesday. And let's come up with some winners. I'll start in college basketball where talked about this a little bit with Matt Humans, And we know he doesn't like road favorites in college hoops. But it worked out for me in a situational spot here on Tuesday. Backing Arizona against USC. I think Arizona responding off of that loss. Uh, they were looked much like the team that they were before the loss. And uh, they took it out on USC. I think Auburn's in a similar situation here. Auburn playing in their first game um, and uh, since the loss, obviously, over the weekend. And I think that going into Mississippi State, this is going to be a team that bounces back from that loss at Tennessee. Uh, a little refocused action there. And I'll lay the short number on the road, three and a half. I think Auburn does uh, go and come away with a victory there in Starkville. So uh, I'll back the Tigers 
uh, and Bruce Pearl to get themselves a win in a little bit of a maybe buy low spot here for them as they look to finish out the SEC regular season, win themselves a SEC regular season conference title. In the NBA, first place I'm looking is Milwaukee. The Miami Heat are going to be underdogs in Milwaukee. I saw some fives hung up at some places. Haven't seen it up on DraftKings just yet, but if it is five, I'm going to take the points with the Miami Heat. Uh, I love this Heat team. And I think that, you know, for them moving forward, it's it's only going to get better for them. Victor Oladipo gives them tremendous depth now that they, you know, they still had, obviously, with Tyler Hero coming off the bench, sixth man of the year, but Oladipo is certainly can play some big-time minutes for them, so you have to like that. And just the way that this team has played, the way that they've looked, hard for me to bet against this Miami Heat team. I'll take the points. Milwaukee is maybe not as hard-pressed to finish the season with a top seed. Miami, I think, is a team on a mission. And really just, look, Miami's won four straight games. The game against the Bulls was very impressive. Um, They are now starting to separate themselves in the Eastern Conference, which I think is a good thing for them, like seeing the kind of – seeing the gap there between them and the Bulls. And also, they want to create separation between them and the Sixers because the Sixers' first couple of games with James Harden have looked great. So you know they're going to keep winning, and you want to create some separation so you can maintain that top spot in the conference. Milwaukee just beat the Hornets after losing two straight, so they're looking to bounce back. But this is a Milwaukee team that has lost four of their last six games. And... I just would much rather back the Miami Heat here getting points on the road against this Bucks team. You also have to look at, you know, like the Sixers against the Knicks. It's a 10.5-point spread, but the Knicks are terrible. They really are. They've lost now five straight games. It's gone from bad to worse in New York. And... Just don't see a light at the end of the tunnel for them. They were home against the Sixers the other night, and they got blown out. 125-109. On the road, I don't like it at all. So I don't want to lay the 10.5, but Sixers will probably blow them out again. The other places that kind of intrigued me in the NBA, let's see. I mean, the Cavs are laying three and a half at home against the Hornets. Magic laying two against the Pacers. Uh, Pelicans laying five at home against the Kings. Jazz, 12 and a half point favorites in Houston. Nuggets, 13 and a half point favorites at home against OKC. Phoenix, 13 point favorites at home against Portland. You might be able to sell me on Portland catching 13 points. But uh, last time I tried to do that and fade Phoenix as a big favorite, uh, they wound up covering the 12 points against OKC and winning that game. Let's go to the ice, and let's talk about uh, what we have on the short Wednesday schedule in the NHL. The Maple Leafs heavily favored over the Sabres, minus 430, total of 6.5. 
Rangers and Blues, that's as close to even as you're going to get. Both sides minus 110 with the total of five and a half. It's going to be an incredible matchup of goaltending in this one with uh, Henrik Lundqvist, who is your favorite right now to win the uh, Vezina Trophy. He has uh, just had a tremendous season leading the league um, in goals against average and in save percentage. Actually, Jeremy Swayman of Boston right now is tied with Igor for goals against average. Save percentage still, Igor is number one. Swayman probably going to be the rookie of the year. Anyway, uh, up second, you know, next behind Igor is Yuso for St. Louis. So you got two great goaltenders in action here. Under five and a half could be a play here as maybe both goaltenders will shine in this matchup. Dallas is minus 145 at home against the Kings. The Predator is minus 170 on the road against the Kraken. Uh, look to fade Seattle at all costs here. The play probably for me looking at these uh, these games, you'd, you'd have to get some sort of piece of Toronto. So back Toronto on the puck line. And, you know, Nashville just on the money line. Or, you know, maybe take a flyer at the plus money. Those two teams is plus 157. If you want to take a flyer on the puck line on both the Predators and the Maple Leafs, that'll pay you out plus 277. Nashville uh, is coming off a loss to the Lightning, 3-2. to two. That was in the outdoor game, so this is their first game since uh, that performance. And, um, you know, they've lo- they've only won two games out of their last seven. So not really in good form. Last time they played the Kraken in Seattle, they won four to two in that game. And I would probably expect a similar outcome here. Seattle uh, has lost now, let's say three, four, five, seven in a row. Seven in a row, eight of their last nine, Seattle has lost and look to make it... uh, Eight losses in a row against Nashville. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Toronto on the puck line against Buffalo. And that is at right now minus 165. Nashville on the puck line against Seattle plus 135. Taking those two together, you get yourself a plus 277 two-leg parlay there is what I'm looking at in the NHL. And I really get a place, I want to place a a future bet here coming up, and I still think the Rangers in the Eastern Conference, the numbers still plus 1,100 to me is uh, is okay. Calgary plus 600 in the West, uh, I, I like it. I really do. And the reason why, look, they, they're playing great. They're playing just as good, just as great as... Uh, where they were when they had their winning streak snapped. They've won nine of their last 10 games. They have the highest, second highest goal differential in the entire Western Conference behind Colorado. It's so hard to bet against Colorado because they're incredible, especially at home. They're 23-3-2 at home. But if there was a team that you were going to back, it would probably be this Calgary team, more so than the Golden Knights, more so than Minnesota. St. Louis plus 1,100 is interesting just because of their goaltending, but uh, uh, there's not a lot to not like 
about this Calgary team. Hey, coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Jeff Seeley, the golf handicapper from Cutmaker Podcast, will join the program. Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst from Pro Football Network, will join the show at 8.15. And then uh, Randy McKay, professional gambler, at 9 o'clock Eastern time. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. I'm sure that the golf picks will be uh, heating up. We got our picks from Matty Humans, so we're going to have to place those coming up here. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.